Let's finish it. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Closing Pitch. My name is Spiker Helms, and I'm joined by my co-host, David Berkby. This is a show about culture, people, and creating a winning lifestyle. Our goal is to bring a blue-collar mentality and deliver our hard-hitting questions of culture and people. There's no hidden agenda, just straight talk. Um, With that said, let's bring in Dave. What's up? Not much, man. How are we doing? Uh, Doing good. just still kind of dealing with the whole Netflix, Disney Plus, and mm-hmm. Amazon Prime, trying to figure out which one I should go with this, tonight. I don't have any more shows right now. So if you got any suggestions? Um, I'm actually on this show right now. It's called, um, it's, it's not how we built this. It's about Carnegie and um, Rockefeller and Vanderbilt and how they built America. This is what I'm getting so to. This is where I'm at right now. So it's the exact <laughs> opposite of Tiger King? Well, yes, complete opposite okay. of Tiger King um, and The Mandalorian. I'm actually starting to learn now. So I'm, uh, in, this, no I'm, in, this, I'm in this absolute learning mode right now. That's no fun. <laughs> I don't want to learn. I just want to lose myself in Tiger King. So find, find me another one of those shows. All right. So let's kind of move on away from Tiger King. Um, <laughs> this is an historic episode. This is an episode that is going to be um, hard-hitting. And we're actually going to be talking more on the baseball end of things. Um, so if you are a baseball fan or even a softball fan um, or just in recruiting in general, this is going to be the episode. If, it, if you're not, I'm sorry. I hope you enjoy the conversation. If you don't, just switch us off and come back to the next episode. Um, but with that said, Dave, do you want to introduce our guest? Yeah. So today we have a Rawlings Tiger alumni, Tommy Woods, who played for us for four years in high yeah. school, all four years of high school. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll kind of let him talk about his path, where he's been in college, where he's at currently, what he's trying to do. But uh, one of my favorite guys that I've ever coached. So, Tommy, tell us a little bit about your past. Well, I'm Tommy Woods. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. Um, I went to high school at McClure North High School. Go Stars. Um, <laughs> obviously, I played for the Rollins Tigers for four years. Um, after going there, I committed to Missouri State my junior year of high school. Went there, red-shirted, ended up transferring to Jefferson College in Hillsboro, Missouri, and now I am looking for the next place to go. And, and guys, I, if you're just listening to this audibly, Tommy is a six foot four, two hundred and twenty-five pound right corner on. infielder, mainly third base. Yes, sir. Right? Yes, sir. I mean, he's he's a dude. That's the term, dude, out there. So. Yeah. Uh, going back to my interview with Tori Tyson about three years ago, uh, I was like, "Hey, what what classifies a dude?" And literally, like what you just said is that's the term. Yeah. It, there's there's another term called projection, and Tommy has that. That's, yeah. that's news to me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> He's um, also humble. Yeah. And so, guys, this is going to be an awesome episode. Um, we're going to talk a little bit of recruiting. We're going to talk a little about social media. Um, in episode two, um, the the individual that we were talking about was Tommy and um, we we brought him in and I was like hey did you listen to episode two and he's like no so he's he's in the same boat um, as as most so like if you want to go back and listen to episode two go back and kind of get the backstory of what's going on Um, and this is a conversation that we've been having back and forth um, with Tommy since I mean when he was 16 years old and now he's in the junior college portal and obviously with the COVID-19 situation 
he's been on the text threads back and forth with us and trying to figure out where he's going to go next. And obviously he's getting um, advice from his college coaches, but it's uh, pretty awesome that he's uh, reaching out to us as well. So with that said, um, Tommy, what's what's been going on with you in COVID-19 and um, how are you handling this situation? Um, so right now, since everybody got their year back of eligibility. So they I'll did be, that at the junior college level yeah, as well? Okay. I'll be a 20-year-old freshman now. So this is my third year, but I am a freshman. Um, so, I mean, basically, I, we were in Crowder when we found out about this whole thing. We thought we were just going to be done for about two weeks, take a break and come back. So we ended up getting done with that trip. A couple of days later, the coach tells us, like, you know, the season's over, nobody said goodbyes, everybody just kind of left and thought we were gonna come back. So, um, you know, right now I've been talking to coaches, doing a lot of emailing, doing a lot of texting, Twitter, all that stuff as much as I can to just continue to get my name out there. So, um, working out as much as I can, using my home weights, like I just got a dumbbell set for my friends. So I've just been doing that running a lot, working on the little things, everything that I can work on, I'm working on. So just trying to make the next step and continue to stay on top of my work and take the next step wherever it can be. And so a little background on Tommy. Um, so you went to Missouri State out of high school where you redshirted as a freshman, mm-hmm. right? And decided that that might have not been a fit after mm-hmm. that year. So you decided to transfer to Jefferson College, which is a junior college, yes. right? So where you were playing, you were about like, what, 20 games in, yeah. right? And then that's when it all went, see ya. Yeah, it was like, literally like a blink. Like the season was going pretty well and we were projected to be one of the teams that were going to go to Grand Junction. That's like the College World Series World for Series, Juco yeah. if nobody knows. But so just one thing led to another and we just thought that during the whole game, like we didn't know if we were going to play the next game. We had meetings in between the games, during the games, wow. like to see if we can continue to play or if we had to stop. So it was just crazy to see it all happen at one time. I've never seen that before. How was like, because uh, I know both coaches for Jeff Coe and Crowder, yeah. Coach Lallaman and Coach Malder, how are they handling that situation? Because that's in between the game. I mean, they're like, should I even write up a lineup for game two? Like, what what is going on? Yeah, so going into the day before, we had a, a Friday-Saturday game series. Um, so we played Friday, we split, and then at the end of the game, end of the game Motor was like, hey, let's just be ready for anything. We don't know if we're going to play tomorrow. Let's get ready to play tomorrow. Be ready to go. We wake up in the morning, like not knowing if we're going to play, dressed up. We go to the game, warm up. We play. That game starts to get over with, and they call timeout. Guy comes out, has like a 20-minute discussion. We're sitting here waiting, and Moda comes back and says, like, what are you guys doing? Let's play. So, so it was like almost like a rain delay. Yeah, exactly. But like, should we go out there or should we not? Yeah, is the was, COVID-19 going to get us or not going to get us? It was crazy. And even then, we still thought that after that game, it might just be a two-week delay. And that was like the last one. Was that was the last game. Yeah, it was. Wow. We won. So That's good. Went out <laughs> on and the you were, And you were tearing it up, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, you sent me over some of those videos that you were you hit that home run um, at, was it GCS ballpark? Yeah, GCS. And then I had one at home. Well, so... Go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Well, go ahead, I was going to say, and the, the other thing that's interesting about your situation, Tommy, and, and I was kind of in the same boat, honestly, mm-hmm. um, in junior college, where from an education standpoint, you're getting your associate's degree after this year, yeah. right? 
which is the same thing that happened to me. I, I just sat out my first year at junior college at Merrimack for Tommy John and then played my second year. But at that point, from an education standpoint, there's not much more I have yeah. to do at junior college. I'd just be going there. Even though I could play another year, I'd just be going there and wasting my time at classes that aren't going to transfer. So that's kind of where you're at now, right? Yeah, so basically going into college, I had 23 credit hours. My that's mom's awesome. a professor, so she wanted me to get all my stuff hard. So I started off on the right foot. I was already kind of becoming like a second semester freshman going in. And uh, going into the end of this semester, I'll have 76 credit hours. Yeah. And to be a, finish your sophomore year, you only need 60. Yeah. So I was just kind of, I didn't really take classes that I didn't need, but I was making sure that I got classes that would one, transfer yep. over, and two, work with my major. Um, at Missouri State, I was exercising movement science and uh, physical therapy based. But I switched to Jeffco and changed it to pre-med because I wanted to make sure that I had some challenging classes. Very still. cool. So, so then awesome. where does that put you now for your schooling? Um, so basically my gen eds are almost 100% done. So whatever school I go to next, like I'll be strictly focusing on my major. So, I mean, I'm biology preferred, so I don't really know like if it would have to be exercise and movement science or if I can just change to a biology major, yeah. but it all depends on what the next school is. But I'm kind of in the position where I can't really go back to Jeffco because gen ed is right. really an option. So right. if you're listening to this, this is probably a good time to like really take some notes down if you, if you are, but um, like how the mindset is like, okay, I have to know what my major is. I have to know what I'm doing and I got to know what my classes are. Um, where a lot of players go wrong is they end up um, going to school and not having a plan and they're just trusting their counselor, which I mean, yeah. again, the counselor's there, but um, at the end of the day, he's worrying about uh, a whole bunch of athletes. Well, and that's where, like, when we have conversations past, even when you were in high school, Tommy, and I've had this conversation with a ton of other players through high school and even with Spike, you know, we always start that conversation with the educational aspect first, then baseball, where yeah. I think a lot of people make the mistake of going in and making it just as a baseball decision then hoping it works out. You know what I mean? But Mr. Asterisk and Mrs. Asterisk say, well, how, <laughs> how, is, how is someone supposed to know what they want to do for the rest of their life? And they may not. I they mean, not. I, I, I mean, I, that's I, why I junior studied, college was so great for me. I mean, I studied economics, and I'm not doing economics. Right. Yeah. I'm literally not doing it. I think it really comes down to the person at the end of the day. Like, what do you want to do? And if you're, if you know what you're going to do, great. Stick to it. It might even change. But if you have the mindset that I'm going to put in the work and I'm going to do what needs to be done, then you're fine. Because the counselor is there to help you at the end of the day. They're not going to make the decision for you. If you want easy classes and you just want to get through school so you can get drafted, great. But, you know, you can't stay in a major league right. forever, so you have to have something to back up to. And that's kind of where my parents ingrained in me. Like, I always need to make sure that whenever my baseball career is done that I have a backup plan. Absolutely. When, when did they start talking to you about, like, majors and, like, what do you want to do with your life? <laughs> like when, when did they start talking to you? About uh, that? I know that's a really deep question. That's Pandora's box. But like, can you like go back to when that was? I mean, like going to college was never like an option to me. Like it was going to happen. I think I'm like fourth generation, fifth generation. Mm -hmm. My dad went to S and T. Yep. My mom went to Mizzou. Your mom's Both a professor. Yeah. So I mean, you're kinda, you're, a professor. Yeah, you're kind of you're, you're, so, yeah. you're you're in it. You're yeah, in it for the so, long haul. I mean, like. As far back as I can remember, probably like 
maybe 10. No way. Yeah. Really? Like, wow. even if I didn't have a thing that I wanted to do, like, they put me in programs to help me figure out early that what your interests what I are, need to do. Right? Yeah. Or how to, like, even just go through the sure. right way of college. So was it, like, a smorgasbord? Like, basically, they gave you all this this is this is the eye what you see is your earth is that what is that what they did ah <laughs> I, I mean me and my parents have a really good relationship where we talk about everything upfront and honest they don't really sugarcoat it with me or give me the easy way I know so that. i learned right away the rights and wrongs really fast or else like there was always consequences but they kind of they kind of let it be where i chose my path because you know at the end of the day it is my life mm-hmm. but they were there to help and guide me to put me in the right direction so now when you were younger did you just do sports that's all you did or did you do other stuff um no so that was a big thing that my mom and dad were really big on doing multiple things uh i played a lot of instruments i did piano what'd you play cello yes, violin no ooh, way uh, wow trumpet, the drums yeah me and my brother I did used not to know do this. concerts together growing up that explain that explains your rhythm you got a little <laughs> rhythm yeah, that's true. That's true. I, <laughs> I got a little bit. Then, um, you know, I was the head of a couple clubs. I was in NHS and I started FCA at my school, um, student section. So very cool. Pretty involved. Yeah. Dang, so it just started from there. Like, I'm, we're going to have you do all this stuff. And then that's how you get, get so well rounded. That's interesting. Yeah, um, definitely getting me out and seeing new things all the different times help me realize, you know, like what I like, what I don't like. If you don't try, you don't know, you know? So 100%. Did, I know that some parents, they're, they're very um, adamant about their child's to go travel. Did you travel a lot or no? Um, yeah, I did. So when I was 10, I joined a company called People to People. Um, it's like a group based off the of academics and I got the opportunity to go to England and France. No yeah, way. So that was kind of cool. I went there for two weeks. So that was a big That's thing. That's cool. Yeah. When, how old were you? Take 10. You were 10 years yeah. old and you went all the way to London and France. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I would know what to think when I was 10 going yeah. over there. It was definitely an experience. I don't remember everything, but I remember a lot. Took a lot of pictures. Oh, yeah. A lot of memories changed me a lot. Yeah, for I'm, sure. Unbelievable. That is true. Like if you go somewhere, you do change from just going there. It's crazy. Different perspective, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You sure. know, I went to London. Um, that's actually where I proposed yep. to my I wife. Remember that, yeah. yeah. And the thing that got me all kind of like jazzed up was there was no ice. Yeah. At restaurants, they don't have ice in London. Yeah. Zero ice, sir. I, they not looked at me all. like I was like, you want nuts. ice water? You just get lukewarm water? water? Yeah, it just, actually. It's lu- not yeah. even that cold. It might be a little cold, but <laughs> it's not ice cold. Why? Yeah. yeah. Like, not that driving the other way or anything like that didn't really freak me out because I mean you see it in movies and everything oh yeah but like I was like kind of distraught I was like what do you mean I can't have ice they're like we don't have ice I'm like but you have ice I know you have ice like pretty easy to make yeah I mean fish and (laughs) chips that's the thing that I had Indian food is banging there really oh my god I never had it really know for that yeah well it goes back to like um back in like the 15 1400s when England like took over India and said this is ours wow and then uh the Indians came over to England and then they started making food and then now it's like the national food. Really? Okay. I'll be sure to try that sometime. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what do you think is the most important thing, like non-baseball related at this time? Um, non-baseball related? Yeah. Spending- Obviously COVID-19, but I mean, let's, let's kind of get away from the morbid type of situation. 
Um, so like spending a lot of time with your family, you mm -hmm. know, like you can't get these moments back. You don't know what may be someone's circumstances, checking in on old friends, you know, um, really getting ahead on your work, trying to get ahead of that. It's a good time to boost your GPA. We're not playing baseball. So like, you know, getting in there say, yeah. academically, trying to raise that as high as you can and just working on little skills. I, been learning Spanish since I was Have in middle really? school. So I've kind of like started to get on that a little bit more. So you're just trying to find ways to, I mean like literally before we were talking, you're like, man, I can't stop yeah. working. Like I got to work and I need to find some things to do. So you're working on Spanish. What else are you working on? Yeah. Um, working on Spanish. I've been doing a lot of working on my writing skills. Um, I know that I'm a pretty good writer, but like, I don't know. It's just something to do. Dude, so what, what, what makes you want to do that? Like you get up, like there's other people out there that don't do that. Like you get up and you say, I'm going to do this. What gets you to do that? Um, I mean, it really goes back to how I grew up and just wanting to be successful. You know, whether I'm playing baseball or got a good career that I know that I want to be successful and I have a calling to like push it on other people. So just want to be a good role model and, give it to the people behind me. Well, I think that's been, you said it right there, and we've said this a uh, bunch on this podcast before, it's that drive to succeed that, that's been yeah. with you, and I've known you since you were a sophomore, right? Yeah. Um, and that's something that not all sophomores even had, okay? And not, not all juniors have that, and some guys don't even have that in college. And that's something I think you've always had, and you've always had that ability to just stay focused on what's in front of you. You know, that goal, whether that goal was to get to college or now that's goal finding something, a new home, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But you've always been able to kind of just stay focused and not see the sides, kind of that tunnel vision that we talk about and understand what's your goal and how I'm going to go achieve it. Yeah, it's like nothing has ever came easy at all. You know, it's always had to be hard work, perseverance, and just continue to do it. Like no matter what's going on, whether it's high or low, I just got to continue to work harder and let everything happen. I think one time we talked and you're like, success happens when um, preparation and opportunity come at the same time mm -hmm. to me. I've always stuck with that. It's brought me a long way. Yeah, no, and um, a lot of people talk about work-life balance. I think it's the same thing with high school students and elementary students. Like it's trying to find that work-life balance. Um, and I'm not saying it's like a thing that we should like really focus in on because again, I don't, I don't believe that there really is a work-life balance. Each work-life balance is different mm -hmm. from each, each individual person. So for me, I'm a workaholic. I love working. I love talking to people and I love creating content and trying to figure out, okay, how do I, how, how do I move forward? I'm just like you. I like to move forward. Mm -hmm. So from let's kind of go around the table. Like what, do, how do you wake up every day and say, all right, what's, what's my balance? What do I do? Um, I mean, Everything's for a reason, no matter what you do, from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep. Who you talk to, what you're talking about, it's always got something to do with what you're trying to do with your goal. Whether that's just a friendship relationship or a business relationship, how you talk to people, first impressions are everything. So just making sure that any opportunity you have in this world to make the best of it, just do it. I think that, you know, I make a good workload off of um, getting my priorities. I will either before I go to sleep, 
or when I wake up, I make a to-do list. I'm one of those guys. It's so always the to-do list. Like, what it's do I have to do done? If I can get that done, okay, cool. So if I get that done, what other stuff do I have time for, you know? Because if I'm, I can't be that guy that wakes up, like, I don't have anything planned. I don't want to go anywhere. Like, I can just hate staying in the house doing nothing, like, just laying in bed. Like, there's times for that. And yeah. I've had my ups and downs with that because, like, I got injured because I worked too hard. But there also has to be a time where you control it, you know. So, yeah. I mean, well, Spike, you know me. I mean, I, I take the same approach, but I've, I've just always have had a process mentality when it comes to things. Mm. So I kind of equate it to being like a builder. Like, I'm going to build from the foundation up. And you know what that end goal is, but there's so many steps in between. So as long as when I wake up, I feel like I'm adding on to that foundation every day to where I'm adding that next brick, I'm adding that next brick, I'm adding that next layer, and I'm working towards where I want to be, that's where my mindset always is. So now I got to find out what does it take to stack that next brick? What does it take to do that next thing? And how do I fill that whole process together? That's how I always kind of approach it. Now, have you ever experienced burnout? Of course. I think everybody has. Like when you experience burnout, like, what does it feel like to you? Cause I, cause you, you hear this, like, okay, what's burnout? Cause like we talk about, all right, work-life balance, but then the real answer is how do you avoid burnout? Um, overwhelmed. It, uh, to me, it feels like, um, like you're just stuck in mud. Like you can't, like, there's nowhere to go. Everything's going slow. Um, that the next answer that sometimes seems really easy is really, really hard to find. Um, that's always been my feeling. And whenever I've felt that, whether that's been in, you know, as a player, that certainly you can feel that. Um, seasons are long. You do a lot of the baseball in general. You do monotonous things over, 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 right? Uh, same thing in work, same thing in, in life in general. What I've always kind of, at least the approach I've taken, is I want to go do something the exact opposite. I want to go, like, I want to take my mind off of it, do something that's relaxing, yeah. and that's different for each and every person, but do something that can maybe change my perspective. Like, it's certainly in times like this right now, perspective's changed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, how bad that's do true. you want to be on a field? How bad do you want to go out to a restaurant? How bad do you want to just do these normal things that maybe we took for granted? And maybe that perspective will be different when, when this whole situation goes back to normal. But that's how I would approach it. Yeah. Um, Tommy, what about you? Because I know there's a lot of parents that are worried about the burnout phase where I don't want my kid to hate baseball or hate school or hate whatever the case may be. Yeah. I think it has to do with, like you said, like finding other stuff to do. Like every now and then my mom would tell me, you know, I can't spend that much time on baseball all the time. You know, I got to be well-rounded, do something else, go to the park, mm -hmm. go fishing. Um, I, it's, it's a ton of things to do in St. Louis, but since you're at home, do little things like, uh, like you said, watch a movie, play a game, learn a trick, you know, like you gotta find something to do that is non-baseball related. That's the only way you're gonna get rid of it. Talking it out, doing something, yoga even helps. Oh, yeah. I had a lot of people do yoga. Um, I did yoga, work on my flexibility, calm, smooth, it's even kill, nothing to worry about, so yeah. Um, so what are your coaches saying? Let's go back to the recruiting end of things. Um, I know it, it's kind of a weird segment and segue, like that was a really bad segue. <laughs> I, I didn't know how to segue that. 
I mean, sometimes I feel like when I say a segue, I'm like, man, that was, that was freaking awesome. I did a great job on that segue. That, that was, one was a just, C minus. Yeah. That was literally like a dump truck coming in and just not even honking, just going straight Barely through. passing. Yeah. No, listeners are probably like, oh Jesus, where'd this come from? Um, but anyways, um, so on the recruiting end, what are your, what are your coaches telling you on the recruiting end of things? Um, like for you, like specifically, cause like, again, this is just a weird time. Like I've, and we had that conversation on the phone, like this has never happened. This literally has never happened. This is the yeah. first pandemic that we're all experiencing. Well, Cause the last pandemic was the Spanish flu, which is in 19, whatever. Well, but, like in, in Tommy, your situation, tell me if I'm wrong, but from your standpoint, the one thing that like everybody in the world loves your size, loves your ability, loves everything. What's the one thing in the world people needed to see in order to find a new home for you? <laughs> they want to see me play. They want to see you in a game. Yeah. So that's been taken away. Now they yeah. got, what you, like we said, you got 25 games in, but that's a small sample size. Yeah. So, so what is Coach Mulder, what, what have people been telling you to do now to help yourself find um, that spot? So I actually have a lot of trouble with that too. Like if I feel like things aren't moving at the pace that I want to move, I feel like I got to find something to do that will push it. It's like, if it's not working, it's gotta be me, you know? And Motor's been really good about it, just letting me relax. Like, control what I can control. I can control working out. Mm -hmm. I can control sending emails, texts. I can't make anybody give me an offer, you know? So, just controlling the little things, being approachable to everything, everybody, no matter if that's D1 all the way to NII, mm -hmm. you always wanna keep a good relationship with everybody, cause you never know what might could happen. So just being calm and trusting the process and really just relaxing. It's an easy thing to say. Yeah. Really yeah, hard to do, so my friend. Really hard to do, yeah. especially every every day now, you know, you're like, is it coming? Is it coming? Now again, I'm I'm all on your approach. That is a hundred percent the approach that I would give the advice to you to take. And the thing that really is gonna keep you focused on your path, right? Um, how have you done anything recently in terms of reaching out to coaches or getting creative to, to maybe like help your chances, try to separate yourself from your competitors? Yeah. So recently, uh, I made a Twitter spiker helped me with that. Uh -huh. Um, I wish I made it earlier because Twitter, like watching your videos, I see that Twitter is such a big recruiting tool and I missed out on that a lot, but now, you know, I've been able to. Um, reach different people that I might not be able to reach with through Twitter. So just finding that way, um, I've been texting people, um, thinking about different things I can say that will spark their interest, yep. sending out texts like every couple of weeks, checking in, see how their things are going. No matter if it's like just a coach that I think I could stay there forever or if mm -hmm. I just want to see like what's the feel for, you know? You don't know questions unless you ask them. How so. have those coaches been communicating with you? Has that been like, because this is a new situation for them. Like, I've talked to several college coaches, yeah. that are actually a lot more so recently, and, you know, they're not even really sure what to do with their time because this time is normally spent with their team. You know, you know the hours, yeah. 100 hours a week, it I seems I can only like. imagine what a college coach is going through right now. You like, see those lonely, like, Twitter uh, pics that they're like, well, I cut the field for the fifth time this week in a new design. And, <laughs> I mean, because, like, that, that's how they do it. They recruit and they coach, and literally that's, like, pulled away from them. I mean, yeah. it's crazy. So how have they been communicating with you? So I've been getting a couple of responses. Um, a lot of them are just telling me, like, either they're full or most of them are saying like, we don't know what we can do right now, you know? Like right. NCAA still hasn't like cookie cut every little detail. Right. Like how many people are there, how much money is set in stone. Yep. So 
seniors, juniors, who's getting drafted, who's not. You know, the draft just changed to five, five to ten rounds. rounds. Yeah. Probably going to be five. So, like, all that stuff plays into what decision they're going to make. You I'm know? telling you, it's going to be a huge game busters when it comes to, like, summer. I could I could just see yeah. it right now. You're gonna start seeing offers left and right. Well, and you're even you're even wondering now, like going at Ford as a coach, like how many like because for guys that don't know this, the what happened with the recruiting and what happened with your current roster is now everybody got back a year of eligibility, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And seniors who were set to be done and technically their scholarships off the books could now possibly come back, but I don't I don't mm -hmm. think those don't quote me on this, but I don't think those scholarships would count. Really? No, I don't. I don't think they would. It's at it's eleven point seven, right? That's a that's Division One level. Division One level. I I think the NCAA came down. We'll have to check this, but I think the NCAA came down and said, "All right, if the seniors, they're off the books." I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and that'll work different too because a lot of them might be graduating. Some of those grad schools are even cheaper, or easier to access as like a a fifth year grad right. uh, playing. Um, so that's different, but then obviously you got your 2020 guys in high school who are already signed and committed to a certain yeah. amount, and then you really don't know on the transfers. So I think if I was a college coach, I'd kind of – it's really up in the air as to what money I even have to offer guys. Right well, now. even think of the problems that are in that, that whole conversation with the recruiting. I've got budgets I have to worry about. I've got players i got to worry about. And i got to figure out how do I make the best team out of that. Mm -hmm. like that that's tough. And then you're, now you're shut, shut down completely, so you can't even do anything right now. So you're literally just like there's this big mountain, Mount Everest, that's coming, and you can see it. How do I go well, over top of it? Well, they the they can't team? even go out and recruit a guy until after May 31st, hopefully. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the new deadline that I saw. It yeah, used to be April 15th. Sure. Now it's May 31st. They can't go off campus or have anyone on campus until May 31st. You're going to see a big turnover in Juco baseball, though. I'm sure. Know? Like all those guys that are freshmen that can't play D1 at this time, oh, yeah. they're going to end up going Juco, you know. So it's going to be a lot stiffer competition. And I don't. I, Anybody that's thinking about going JUCO, it's oh, it's gonna it's be prime tough. Time. Yeah, oh, it's, it's gonna be tough because when you talk about the MLB draft, that's that's cut. So yeah. all those thirty-five guys, rounds, yeah, gone, gone. So yeah, you have that, that you have that influx of players. JUCO baseball is gonna be phenomenal next year, yeah, even the year after that. It was kind of heartbreaking to hear that. You know, I had a couple of pro meetings going on and considering. Yeah. get drafted and once they cut that it was like okay well that's over <laughs> <laughs> yeah um the the big thing that i want to hit on though is the it's the marketing and selling end of things as a player like a lot of guys don't think about that and as a player i think you have to treat it like a business like mm -hmm. you you are a small business yeah. i've got to be able to market myself i've got to be able to sell myself and i got to have a really good product if you have those three things, you're in a really good, you're in a really tight ship, and you're going to be really, really good. Um, I feel like a lot of players they worry about that product end of things, which is probably the most important, which mm -hmm. is your skill set. How yep. hard do I throw? How big am I? Um, how fast do I run? How far can I hit the ball? What's my exit velocity? All that pecan speed, all that stuff. But then a lot of guys don't think about the marketing and selling end of things, and I think that when you think about communication. You have, you have to hit all aspects. You gotta have text message down. You've gotta know how to do email. You, know, you have to know how to use Twitter. You have to know how to use your social, other social medias because you never know when those coaches are gonna shift their attention. Better there. learn how to talk to an adult too. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, how many dudes do you see, or even gals, literally just sitting on their phones? I heard. Like this. Oh man, I heard a comment. I was talking to a college coach last week 
And he actually called to tell uh, or tell me personally that two of the juniors that they're recruiting right now were two of the most phenomenal phone calls that he's ever had with a high school guy. And he actually, the weirdest thing is he was like, yeah, one went uh, 15 minutes and 20 seconds, and the other one went 14 minutes and 45 seconds. I was like, it's pretty exact, dude. That's, uh, that's pretty <laughs> cool. But he was like, well, honestly, in all, in all seriousness, he goes, probably within the first minute of that conversation, I can tell whether I like you or not. Really? I can tell exactly whether you're not going to be a fit or you're going to be a fit. And normally I'm pretty dang right. There's been the exceptions where they started off pretty bad and they changed my mind. But, you know, from that communication side, that's a huge tool as well. I mean, I'm surprised we're not teaching this, like just basic skill sets. Because I remember like in school, they'd be like, all right, this is what Excel is. This is what Word is. And we're like, "Uh, we already know what this is. We've we're already we already we've been living with this thing for the That's last true. i'm actually in a, a class right now required by jeffco that you have to take a computer class to learn how to use a computer mm-hmm. that we already know how to do why are we not teaching our kids marketing and selling like why like there's so many business courses out there right now online that are teaching marketing and selling like if a kid took that and he, and he started re- realizing the, the dead principles of that he could then apply it to what's going on right now in his recruiting and he wouldn't get burned for it because a lot of kids aren't doing it. Think, think about all the options that might now be open to how, how you could approach that, like from a communication standpoint, from, from exactly what you're saying. Think about all the things that are separators out there that other people are not willing to do. And, you know, that's what we talked to you about, Tommy, like getting, putting yourself out there and making sure you're doing the small little things that most of your competition is not willing to do or put themselves out there for yeah. because of the perceived, like, notion of it being weird or different or – you know, whatever it may be, but you know, like we talked about, if you're if you're calling a, up a coach or you're talking and initiating that conversation, and you're starting to ask him certain things about his program that he yeah. just doesn't hear all the time, what do you think that coach is going to think? Yeah. And then it goes back to, are we teaching that? Are Dude, we, are and we you might that? and you might not get that coach. You might not be going to that university. But what it might do is it might give you a networking skill set where they're like. Have you have you talked to Tommy? They all know each other, man. Like, that holy is cow, that kid is unbelievable. He he, he doesn't have the skill set to play for us because I've got these guys right here. But this is a guy that you need to talk to. It is funny, 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 because you know I've I've been at this for ten years and I talk to coaches every year and every summer pretty heavily. It is funny how they all know everybody's story and everybody's gossip. They all talk to each other, man. And doesn't matter what level, they all know each other. When you when you see them recruiting and walking past each other, they're always like, "What's up, coach? How you doing?" And this and that, and they're like, "They know their families. They know everything." Mm-hmm. So you don't think they talk about people? Yeah. Well, the baseball. And maybe field. they maybe they might hide if they find this diamond in the rough. They might not make that be known because they want that guy. Yeah. But let's talk about it from the bad perspective. You think they sh- you think they tell everybody red flags? Yo, the yeah. baseball field is like the right now barbershop for them <laughs> it, it is it really is like when you see guys recruiting you'll see the guys they'll, they'll be off the side they'll take a look at a field but then you'll see these guys bunch up and what are they doing they're talking yeah especially in junior college because i mean they, they're more relaxed in a junior college setting when they're scouting at junior college than they are in high school i feel like but um but yeah they're, they're talking they're letting they're like hey what about this kid what about that kid you hear anything about him you, you, you hear this, you hear that. What are your thought? What are your thoughts? What are your takes? They're just they're they're basing their opinions on yours. You know what I mean? So it's it's a small knit group. Yep. Man. Well, when you go to the ABC, ABCA, and, yep. um, whoever doesn't know what the ABCA is, it's it's the it is the convention for all college and high school coaches. So like if you 
want to network yourself and know who the college coaches and the high school coaches are around the country, just go to the ABCA. And are players allowed in that? <laughs> <laughs> I see what he's doing. He's like, should I go into the ABCA and start networking myself? Hey, hey, that, hey, that I never that, know. That's a hedge. That is I a hedge. Say, I got to get ahead somehow. Right? Yeah, that's a hedge. Know. No one's thinking about it. I mean, that's and that's that's the key, though, guys. Is like, it's knowing where to hedge. Where where are the things that the uh, the attention is, and no one's accessing that attention. Yep. Because that's what it is, and. Yep. When you look at social media and email, like social media, everyone knows that the attention is there now. Um, back 10 years ago, no one thought anyone's mm -hmm. attention was there. Like right now, TikTok. Dude, everyone is on TikTok. Yeah. Every single, there's moms on TikTok. Even I got on it, Tommy. That's sad, <laughs> And if I'm you're not on TikTok. <laughs> I mean, and that, and again, much players, that's coach, college coaches' attention is not there. But yeah. college coaches' attention is on Twitter right Twitter. now. And it could change. It could change in five years. It could be somewhere else. It could be on, like, I, I don't know, just name name a random name, Taco Media. They could be on that. Yeah. You just have to figure out where that attention is and then insert yourself in there. Like email. Email is overused right now. It still works yeah. if you have a creative subject line and you have um, a simple format inside your email. But... Twitter's where it's at. It's so, almost like the yeah. It's almost like the assumption. It's, you're 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 assuming that players are gonna the bare minimum email because everybody does it. So is it really that important? Is it really a separator? No. It's not like if you don't do it, you're not helping yourself, but you're assumed that you have to. So I guess what some players are saying: What am I gonna put out on Twitter, or what's gonna make me different on Twitter than someone else? Oh well, um, without a doubt, you got to pin. A uh, video on your profile bare minimum pin a video on your profile so anytime that you tweet or anytime you send out another tweet when a coach goes to your profile that's the first thing they see that's the first thing they see and then in the profile good to know. in the profile what I would put is I would literally put your position school and then maybe some accolades or something like that but then in the link I would YouTube it I'd put a YouTube link out there mm -hmm. and the coaches can go to the YouTube channel right away. And then now they got all your videos right there. Well, let's even take this a step further. So think about you. You've probably seen a ton now since you're, you've been on Twitter. Think about what all of the rest of the guys who are still looking for a home are putting out there. They're putting out their swing. They're putting out, you know, how they feel, any game footage they have, how they throw off a mound, et cetera. That's kind of the norm, right? Mm -hmm. So, do you see a lot of guys putting out like a 30 second clip of them talking to a camera saying what they're looking for in a school and their perspectives on baseball and what they're, what they're willing point. to do and what they're wanting to do and putting themselves out there? Or do you see guys, you know, saying, here's my desired major, here's what I want to do in my life and all this stuff. Do you see guys doing that? Yeah, I never, I never seen Dude, that. It's like, it, it's like dating. Like if I go, if I, if I date a girl and I'm like, oh, she's really pretty, but then it, it only lasts for like a week. I got to know the personality. It's the same thing with players. I got to know the personality. I got to know what he ticks. And I need to know, because I mean, when they ask us questions, what do they ask you, Dave? What's wrong with him? Yeah. What, what's going on with him? Yeah. What's he like? So like, I mean, just, just in that example, it's something different. You know, it's something that if a, you want to have a college coach stop and watch that video, not just scroll over it, right? Or just look at it for two seconds and scroll over. So they maybe see something like that, they might they might give that video a long watch, right? Because you're different. You're you're doing something that other peers are not, and ultimately that's what they want. We've talked about this in the other thing. We we don't want they don't want followers. 
They want guys who are going to lead and that are going to innovate and do different things because that's what winners do, right? So just a thought. But then Mr. and Mrs. Asterix will say, well, we don't have a, we don't have a nice camera. We don't have yeah, this. We don't have that. Everyone's got one. Yeah. iPhone shoots 4K. Let's go. Yeah. Just literally go It up. don't have to be. It doesn't have to be a production. No. Just Not literally at say, all. Hey, that's probably one of the. I'm Spiker Helms. I play these positions. I go to this school. Um, this is what I love uh, about baseball. And then just go down the yeah. just go down the list. Just and here's how I think I'm going to impact the program. And here's what I want in the program. And here's what I want in the school. And here's here's the things that I'm looking for. And I, I really truly believe that I can be a valuable asset to, to a college program at the next level. Do you think that would be cliche though? Like why? Let's say I set up a camera and I'm just talking to the camera. Why do you believe it? Yeah. Then but why then is also it a think about. But again, it's just not that though. It's the stats. Just you you got to have the product. Again, it goes back to small business. I got to be able to have. I have to have a good product. I have to have the market and sell, or market and then sell. If I don't have the product, I mean, if I have if I have really bad lemonade and I have a lemonade stand and I get one customer and then that customer is like, man, this lemonade sucks. I'm not getting another customer. I might fool someone again. You got to have a good product, right? Yeah. So I think it's the same thing with players on Twitter. Is like, this is the marketing and selling aspect that a lot of people aren't talking about. You still got to be able to do the thing. One. Well, I, I even view this as like let's put that situation like what we're talking about putting mm -hmm. yourself on video like that that's that's kind of like your first step in a job interview process these days from what I understand from from people I talk to you know there's different phases of job interviews and the more phases you get through the more serious the conversation gets that first conversation nowadays is like a Skype phone call for about two minutes oh yeah it, yep. it's everybody gets it and they'll they'll eliminate your like you enough to give you number two in two minutes so me thinking like you putting yourself out there and doing that video, that can open the door to a phone call. That can open the door to something else. It doesn't mean the end product is going to be a scholarship offer. It just means that now they yeah, like you enough to go to the next step. You know, and that's, that's a separator. And that's what you look for. I mean, think about it this way. How many businesses do you go in that you don't know anything about? Me personally? Yeah. Not many. Yeah, you're, you're on. <laughs> me, not, not that many. I'm not that uh, curious of a guy. You probably a little bit more, but. Whoa. Well, I mean, I look at Google reviews. I'm a big Google review guy. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I love going into those Google reviews and giving my own comments. <laughs> you're that guy. I am that guy. Yeah. Like, I, once I'm done with so it. rate my professor over here, huh? Oh, without a <laughs> doubt. Without a doubt. So, but yeah, I, I think it's the same thing. It's, you got to be able to market, you got to be able to sell and you got to have a really good product. And for those that don't know what skill sets you need to be at the division one level and you start marketing and selling, you are already failing. You need to know what the skill sets require at that level. Let me, um, if you don't mind, I'm going to try to do a better transition than you did before. So I'm going to try this. No dump truck um, transition. <laughs> I, there has been a question that I did want to ask you today because I'm curious how you're going to answer it, okay? And think about what your perspective or what, your, what you thought college baseball was like as a high schooler, okay? Think about yourself then. And now take yourself where you're at now because you've got two years of college baseball under your belt. Number one, what's, it, what's different? What's like a day like? What's like the whole process like? And then number two, if you had a piece of advice or maybe a – a high school kid coming through that process, you know, what would it be? Um, okay, so start with the first question. You'll probably have to give me yep. the second question again. <laughs> um, so my day, I mean, like once you get to college, it, baseball is fun, but it's not for fun, you know? Like this is, 
coaches have to feed their families. You know, this is not just you coming out, playing 12 year baseball, just having a good time with your boys, you know? Like, there's 32 to 35 guys, maybe more, that are all looking for a position. And it's either me or you, you know? And you have to find a way that you can continue to get better every day. If you're not producing, you're sitting on the bench because there's somebody else that will be mm -hmm. producing, you know? And if not, you're going to be going and the next person's going to be in. So just making sure that every day um, I get up and make myself better. Um, you know, I'm not slow, but I'm not the fastest, so every day I'm running. I'm not the strongest, so every day I'm lifting. I'm changing it up. I'm stretching, becoming more flexible, hitting. I want to hit for more power this year. I hit for a little bit more power. Okay, so how am I going to cut down strikeouts? What are, what, what are the things that I'm doing now that can help me in the future? You know, and it might not help me right away, but it's something that might help me long term. Fielding, how am I working around the ball? Are my feet putting me in a good position? Am I getting the ball on the uh, right side of my body? Can I see the hops? Am I getting short hops? Am I getting long hops? How are my hands working? What kind of hands progression am I doing? How are my transfers? Like every little thing breaking it down because that what makes you go from okay to a good to a great player. And this is day in, day every out, day. Yeah. every day. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 it's not just a, oh, fall season for like six weeks and then I'll, I'll pick back up in the winter. Yeah, fall season, fall season, seniors. That fall season when you come in, you have a lot of fun transitioning from high school to college, but that's where you get your playing time at, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like you make that impression right away, that's gonna, you find out real soon, like who's gonna be starting, who's not gonna be starting, you know? You're gonna obviously have a winter season and spring season, but if you wanna make your best, best impression, you do it right there when you step in the door. Cause that, that makes a big difference. Cause that's when you start getting your team together right away. Do you take holidays off? <laughs> um, I might take the day off. But like, let's say it's Christmas break. I think the only day that I didn't work out over Christmas break was Christmas day, you know, and that's cause my mom asked me to stay at home. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta um, do what mom says. <laughs> yeah, Missouri State, I end up, I got mono in like October, November, right during the fall season. Mm -hmm. I didn't talk about that, but I missed most of the fall season because I had mono and at the end of mono, the day I was supposed to come back, I got into a car accident with one of my friends. So I was out for Bro. a couple more days after that. Uh -huh. So we ended up going for Thanksgiving. I was down to like 190. 190? Yeah. You weighed that as a sophomore. Yeah. And so um, Christmas break, you know, we only went back for two weeks. Mm -hmm. So Christmas break, I was determined to tear it up. When I walked back in the door at Missouri State, I went up to 235. So I was just so you got eating, after working, it. eating, working. I was in here pretty much every day. I don't think there was a day that I wasn't in here. If I wasn't in here, then I was in another facility. But every day, like, I was doing something. Whether I was lifting at Club Fitness or going somewhere else, it was always, like, trying to just make progression. Well, and I've always heard it said like this, and don't take this the wrong way, but it becomes your job. Definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what that's to me personally, one of the things that I can tell a high school guy over and over and over and over and over and over again. 
but there is nothing that's going to make you truly understand it until you just set foot on that campus and it starts yeah. that culture shock for that first month or so you'll you'll never fully understand what college baseball is like what the dedications like what the time commitments like what everything that you're asked and it, like you said, it's the first time that you're going to play for a coach that his livelihood is on the line with each and every action that you make. So those expectations go from here to there. Yeah, I think even like when I was with the Tigers program, like we talked about that stuff and like talking to the guys, like we talked about how good it was, but I never really understood like when I got there, like mm -hmm. this is like strictly business, like. Like I said, baseball is fun, but this is not for fun, you mm -hmm. know? Like, there's going to be stuff that you do, like team bondings, um, hanging out on campus, doing little things, but all that stuff is on your own time. You're here for school, oh, yeah. but you're here for baseball, and you're here to play and produce on yep. the field, you know? So, yeah. I remember walking into the clubhouse for the first time, and um, – Junior college is different. It's like yeah. mm -hmm. it's, it's whole different. It's, to, it's totally different. Yeah. It's like the wild, wild west, mm -hmm. and things are just it, like you're changing in the parking lot. You don't you don't have a clubhouse. You're changing <laughs> in the car and everything like that, or even the bus. And there's four door room. Did you guys have four door room when you went on road trips? Oh yes. yeah, two beds, four door room. <laughs> <laughs> but hey it sounds horrible but it was probably the best experience i've ever had like i i still have friends from junior college and we talk about the the war days and everything like that i didn't like, even man. get the i didn't even get the one person to a bed in, in d2 spike so a quick i wasn't i wasn't as blessed as you quick quick story so uh when we go on our first road trip and i went to the missouri state where tommy went and it was me and my me and my buddy who went to the same junior college i did we're going to dallas to play um i think it was SFA or it was like a, it was one of those round robin tournaments, mm. but we get to the hotel and it's a Hilton. I'm like, no way, we're staying at a Hilton. I was like freaking out. I was like, all right, I got to team up with people. I got to figure out. All right, two to a bed. Yep. So I go to my buddy. I <laughs> he's in the back. I'm like, all right, this is what we're gonna do. I, me and you are gonna be roommates and we're gonna stay in the back and hopefully they, we won't get picked to be on the group of four. Yeah. <laughs> And Brock's like, yeah, we'll do that. That sounds like a great idea. And so we're sitting back, we're waiting, and then we end up being chosen last. And he goes, Spiker and Brock. And I'm like, yeah, right here. I'm like, all right, here you go. Here's your keys. And then Brock felt bad. And he was like, Spike, we can't do this. We're the new guys. We can't do this. We got we to gotta at least have another guy in our room. <laughs> and I was like, all right, fine. Brock raises his hand and goes, lump. Uh, we only got two to a room and then like everyone like looked at us literally it was everyone looked at us at one time <laughs> Like that jukebox stops moment. It was like it was literally felt like we we're in Hollywood and the everyone looks at us and Lump just like stares at us like just blank stare and he's like welcome to the show boys two to a room Right. <laughs> everyone just started laughing and I was like looking I was like yes And so me and Brock are just like so happy that we had two to a room in this really really nice hotel <laughs> Crazy the world difference, man. Yeah. No, but going back to, I went down a rabbit hole, but going back, I remember getting into the clubhouse and, and thinking like, man, I arrived. But then at the same time, like literally right when I thought that, I was like, oh, dang, I got a whole bunch of work I got to do. Oh, yeah. Like it literally sunk in. Like I just climbed, my, climbed Mount, Mount Everest because it feels like that. Like when you're in high school, you're like, you hear Florida, you hear Notre Dame, you hear all these big universities, and then now you're playing them. I remember our first, one of our first games was against Air Force in Nebraska. I was like, holy cow, 
I'm facing these guys. That that was like a whole shell shock to me. And I literally felt like I was now going up another Mount Everest. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is a crazy, crazy feeling. And I don't, I don't think a lot of people think about that when, when they're going after this thing. No. So like, so Tommy, what would you, given the context of your two years and, and now you're, you're trying to find a new home, what would you tell a high school athlete? Like maybe from a, a perspective or maybe from how they approach their day to day or really just anything in general, you got any advice for them? Um, I mean, first control what you can control, you know, um, I think a lot of times it has to do with people listening to outside voices, you know, what is the best fit for you? You know, I don't regret going to Missouri State at all. There are a lot of outside voices in high school baseball. Yeah, it just didn't add up how I wanted to. Oh, you have your friends. Yeah, that's true. You have your girlfriend. Everybody um, wants to know your perfect game ranking, your PBR ranking, oh my all gosh. this, all that. Yeah, that, that means nothing when you got. What's your What's your exit velo like? Yeah, did man, any senior everyone. come up to you and be like, "Hey, bro, what was your PBR ranking?" <laughs> in high school? No, like a senior in college, like uh, when you got there. No. Did they say that? No. No. No, not at all. Yeah. Did uh, Did Coach Gutton care at all about that? No. no. Especially not Coach Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you just imagine like a college coach coming up like, hey, what was your PBR ranking? <laughs> like the first ball you boot. You were number 32 in Missouri. What are you doing? <laughs> no, they don't say that. They don't care. Um, I do think I do think it's crazy, though, that it, I think the coaches kind of know, like, if you have that big status, like, and you carry that status, like, oh, I have a PBR ranking of like five and like you come mm-hmm. into the university. Um, I can't I, I don't think any coach is going to really like claim this, but I do think like they they test them. To I'm see sure. if they're gonna break, because I remember sure. I remember one time there was a guy from Florida on our team, and he and I felt so bad for him, but literally we sat there one night at Parkview High School, and Coach Gutton he never swings fungos, never, and he was swinging fungos, and he was working on this play where we, he was hitting ground balls on this corner line of third base. Like, how often is a ball gonna go on that corner line? And our guy couldn't get it, and he just kept on peppering it down that line. He's like, again. It was like a, it was like the miracle again, <laughs> again. <laughs> and like, he's so dirty and just like, he's just scarred up and tattered and everything like that. And this is a guy that walked like he had a strut. He, he, good dude. Love him death. Yeah. But like he got broke that day. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's like a little bit of boot camp to a certain extent. I mean, if you want, if you want everybody to embrace the same culture, the same mindset, you kind of got to reshape how they think about things. So I'm sure a lot of that has, that, that happens. No doubt. Well, we are now at the 55-minute mark, and um, I think it's a good time to do our closing pitches on this subject. So, Tommy, one thing about this show is it's kind of like a play on words. The closing pitch, like, you know, I'm coming in, I'm going to throw the closing pitch. Um, So at each show, we have a subject. The subject was recruiting and everything like that and, like, what we talked about today. We each give our closing pitches on that topic. Okay. You're not going to have to go first. Don't worry. Dave, you're going to go first. (laughs) Um, All right. So let's – I'm going to kind of take it from your perspective, okay? Um, One, obviously, Tommy, I think that, you know, everything that you do on a daily basis is going to ultimately serve you well, okay? And that goes not only for you, but that's for for anybody out there who's either in your situation, a high school kid who's looking for a a four-year home, et cetera. Um, If you handle your business 
on a daily basis and continuously look at things that are going to improve you and surround yourself with the right people and ask the right questions and do that, I really, really, really think that that's a winning formula that just doesn't lose because that's what successful people do. So keep at what you're doing right now. And like you said, control the controllables and just worry about those small details and you will find where you're at. And that goes for anybody out there in that situation, even though we're obviously in uncharted waters with COVID-19 and this is stuff that's never happened. Like high school guys just lost their season. College guys have already lost their season. Who knows when pro guys will start? You don't know, but you can control what you can control and keep doing those little things that got you to where you were and keep building hard like great things require hard work and that's when they become really fun um anything that is worth working for deserves hard work and when you start getting on that like college baseball when we start talking about college baseball people are like man that that sounds really hard but again those are the greatest moments i've ever had as a player was college baseball it wasn't even pro ball like i mean pro ball had its peaks peaks where it was like really really fun but college baseball I have so many memories from that and I'm so glad that I went down that path where I didn't give up and actually work towards playing in that dream my dream was Notre Dame didn't get there but I got to go play division one baseball and play all over the country and play against top universities and create unbelievable memories with my guys but that's not even the best part the best part was junior college when I worked so hard where we were doing three days and I actually um, created a bond with those guys that is never broken. So I think my closing pitch is this, is that um, great things require hard work and they're going to be fun. You're of, up. Hey, you're up, of, bro. That's kind of hard that, to go that, after. No, you're no, up. no, no okay. you're up, man. Leave, leave the heart on the line right here. Um, I mean, my closing pitch would have to be no matter what you do, do it to your best capability. You know, there's going to be times where you have highs. There's going to be times where you have lows. Always make them learning moments. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Always stay humble and stay even. Um, it's going to be a lot of stuff that you go through, whether you're going to continue to play college baseball or you're going to be done after this. But just continue to have the tenacity and the effort to just continue to work hard and go through it all the way. That's our closing pitches, guys. What is your closing pitch? We use an app called Anchor. Pretty cool app. It has a messaging feature on there where you can send in your audio waves. Um, if you don't want to do that, we also accept direct messages, email preferably too. Um, but we also accept carrier pigeons. So if you have a pigeon and you want to send it our way, we will try to track it down and get that message. Also, give us a review, guys. Uh, we are big on the reviews and the ratings and um, knowing what, what you like and what you dislike. Um, it, it makes us get better at what we do. So please leave a review on Apple, iTunes, or um, any other platform that you use. Thank you guys, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Thanks, guys. Thank you for watching or listening or both to The Closing Pitch. If you would like to get your closing pitch featured on the show, we use a podcasting app called Anchor where you can submit your statement or question via audio. Or what you can do is comment in the comment section of this post. We also accept direct messages. Please give us the A-OK -okay if you do send us a DM to use your statement or question on the show. Last thing, please give us a review on your platform of choice five star preferably and we value your opinion and this allows us to reach more people thank you for listening and we will catch you in the next episode <laughs>